Welcome to Helpful Social Work. Social work has the power to change people's lives for the better. This podcast aims to help you learn, think and act with integrity so that people who need social work get help that will transform their lives. I'm Jerry, And I'm Jo. And this is our first podcast of Series 5. It's recorded in March 2020 and it'll come out in April 2020. So today for me, Jerry, is a fairly cloudy Friday afternoon in England at the end of the first week of lockdown because of COVID-19. Yeah, so we're both in our homes, uh, staying at home, uh, which is the official guidance, um, working from home and connecting with social workers um, virtually. And so in a way, we're doing this podcast in the same way that we normally would, but in a context where work has changed quite dramatically. I think so. And and we've decided to continue to talk about topics that will matter to social workers. You know, every month we post a podcast on the second Friday and we've decided to look at what makes a, a great social worker this time. And we're going to start with the overall ingredients and then look at each of the domains of the professional capabilities framework in England. And just a reminder, the domains are ethics and values, equality and diversity, rights, justice and economic well-being, knowledge, skills and intervention, analysis and critical reflection, professionalism, context and organisations and professional leadership. And thank you for continuing to listen and hopefully you'll find this podcast useful, whatever your circumstances are at the moment, um, whatever work you're doing, however that works, changing. Uh, Our last podcast, uh, which was the final podcast of series for 10b was the review of the year and that does major in on what's happening at the moment in the world and the, the pandemic that that we're experiencing and the impact on social work so do have a listen of that if you haven't had a chance so far please tell us what you think of the podcast that we're doing you can do that by visiting our website www.helpfulsocialwork.com or by commenting on itunes or spotify or on our facebook page helpful social work podcast we do want to hear from you Yes, um, this first episode of Series 5 aims to set out what makes a great social worker overall. And um, some years ago now, Jerry, I wrote a little recipe, didn't I, for um, making a social worker. And uh, some of it I would, I would actually alter a bit now, but let's, let's read it out and see what we think. I thought that you should take one cup of courage and stir it into a willingness to own failure and an ability to use your own frail vessel as you are. I thought we should take a handful of fierce intellect and mix it with a cup of curiosity and stir. Take two cups of hope and a knowledge of failing and combine that with a true affection for people in all their guises. We then wrapped the mixture in a pair of willing hands. We garnished it with a practical outlook and a willingness to work hard often. And finally, I think you should serve it with persistence And I had put in a willingness to wear your heart on your sleeve, but I think what I meant was a willingness to be authentic and relational, regardless of how that looked for you. Because we're not all people who wear our hearts on our sleeve, but that doesn't mean that we can't all be authentic, warm and relational. Yeah, that congruence of of being yourself and using yourself um, and showing yourself I think it's really central, isn't it? Yes, I think that's exactly what the recipe, we could call the recipe that, Jerry. (laughs) So 
we we always have definitions we've had this definition before unsurprisingly um the word social um and where it comes from so it comes from the latin for companion which i absolutely love uh so the idea of being social is about being a companion in some way and the word work is just an ancient ancient word um, word that kind of applies to anything that we decide to lay our hand to and when i was thinking about what makes a great social worker the the first thing that I, I came to was this um, piece of research that we've talked about before, Joe, um, in our conversations, which is called Engaging with the Crooked Timber of Humanity, Value, love Pluralism that. and Social Work. So it's an it's a article by Stan Houston from 2012 in the British Journal of Social Work, and it talks about what are the ethical um, approaches that social workers are influenced by and bring to their work, and talks about different kinds of ethical relation, um ways in which we relate to ethics so we can relate to quite a rational approach to ethics using our head which is about maximizing good rationally um, a quite emotive approach using our heart which is where we're we're applying principles in a really kind of heartfelt way um, there's ethics that are about practical engagement with moral questions and where we're applying ethics in action which are kind of metaphors of the hand and then there are ethics where we're empathizing um, relating and using other people's experiences kind of entering into other people's mindsets and other people's reality and those are um, to his mind the, the practice of walking the moral path so he ends up with this concept of ethical viewpoints and approaches of the head the heart the hands and the feet which ties into this wonderful idea about using your whole self in your practice, um, having integrity in terms of like the wholeness of yourself. And it's just a really beautiful sense. It is. And there's, um, if you, if you want to get a kind of beautiful illustration of this theory captured, um, Siobhan McLean's, um, heads, hearts, hands, um, card. She does this lovely reflective card pack and in it, it's just got a beautiful, a beautiful illustration of this theory very nice yeah so yeah. Um, Houston kind of summarizes all of this by saying that he thinks of the head as being about the cerebral rational problem-solving dimensions of helping the heart dimension is about feeling emotion sentiment empathy and helping as a form of art and the hand is around practical skills and methods to alleviate human suffering um, beyond caring into practical acts and then the feet metaphor is this attitude of mind this willingness to walk the extra mile and walk alongside people so you're not satisfied with understanding feeling and doing you want to be um, yeah essentially going back to the idea of companion um, mm. pursuing really person-centered work yeah and I think um, for me I, I started thinking about great social workers um, and by this I mean people who have inspired and challenged my practice over um, my professional career and I tried to think about the things that they had in common what was it because they're all very different people if I thought about them as personalities you know some were loud and exuberant some were very quiet some were a little bit diffident in the way they put things forward. Others were very clear about everything. There was no one type, but there were some certain things that they did, I think, that really taught me. And the first thing was that they weren't 
They weren't rushing around doing activity and calling that helpful. They were trying to work out genuinely through their encounters with people what other people thought of as helpful to them. So they were approaching their work from the space and place of the other person. What does helpful look like to you and how can I deliver that to you? They were people who really treated all people the same. So it wasn't a matter of they had one way of behaving with clients, another way of behaving with colleagues and another way of behaving with managers. They presented authentically to everyone. And so I think what I took from that was that they used their own power very cleanly and very ethically. And so everybody felt valued in the same way. Um, and that's not easy to do, actually, you know. It is sometimes for us easier to swallow our our frustration with people who have power over us more than it is with people who perhaps don't. But these were people who, who were able to remain fair and just, I guess, in, in those circumstances. Um, they loved people, like genuinely loved people. They just felt that, that, that humans were valuable and interesting and worthy. Um, and so therefore they came from that place of genuine affection. And I, and I think that that's very helpful as well in social work that, you know, we do have that kind of, you know, um, it is a love for your fellow man, basically. And lastly, they were genuinely helpful in terms of practical resources. So they knew where to get things because they kept themselves linked into the communities they were working in. They had lots of suggestions and ideas. And when they ran out, they had this network of people that they could pull suggestions and ideas in from. So they weren't at a standstill. They were like, oh, I don't know that, but I'm going to ring this person or that person. So they kept their kind of rich network alive and they used that to help the person that they were working with. And crucially and last for me, they saw the person they were working with as part of the solution. So they actually believed that the people that they were spending time with and working with were able to find ways to actually navigate and and help themselves and and I think that that was that was absolutely critical for me yeah and that fits with some really um important themes in the evidence around what people look for from social workers which is this combination of humanity and practical help uh, that people can be there and do something but they they're both um kind of beings and doers and there's this absolutely awesome piece of research that um, encompasses this which is um, work by uh, Peter Beresford maybe with some colleagues um, which is looking at palliative uh, care social workers and what people who um, were using palliative care services thought of their social workers and it's um, it's title is something like um, I saw her as more of a friend not a social worker it's that sense um, but there's a bit in that which is just really um, wonderful, which is that 
a respondent, a, a, a service user of palliative care was talking about the valuable work that social worker had done for them and said, oh, you know, they were absolutely brilliant. They just related to me. They gave me lots of time. They were there for me. They were wonderful. And another another person had said, oh, my social worker was brilliant because I didn't want any of that kind of um, touchy-feely stuff. I just wanted them to get on and do things. And they did exactly that. And they were brilliant. And it was the same social worker, mm. both people, yeah. but doing completely different, totally you know, with that integrity and congruence that we've talked about really genuinely but completely different for the because the they were taking it from the person's point of view what would be helpful for you and then they were doing it and I would just back this up you know that I've um had experience with this when my own mother uh, got cancer and then died um, of having social workers and other professionals and I have to say that that feeling that they valued both my mother and myself as people went a long way, you know, that they saw my family and actually they came to my mother's funeral. So, you know, and, and it just, I don't know, it felt right because they'd been there in a really hard time. So I do think that that's right. People want, we want to be valued for ourselves, don't we? Um, and when I think of what people want, it's kind of if you if you have a social worker in your life it's actually because there is some kind of difficulty or distress that is so great that you can't manage it with your normal circle or with what is normally your resources so you've stepped outside of everything you know and you're inviting someone in at a time of great vulnerability and 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 difficulty and I think for me, some of the things that people want is they want to know that the shame they're often feeling and the distress they're feeling is recoverable from, that it's not something that's going to last forever, but that they can come back from it and that people can see past it. Because particularly in children's services, some of the families we're working with will have done things and behaved in ways that our society doesn't approve of and that will be difficult and distressing for them to actually own, manage and get over. But part of social work is giving people permission to do that because actually if people are going to change and grow and heal and make different lives of dignity and hopefulness that they value – they need to have permission to feel okay about themselves, don't they? And and I think that people need that from social workers as well and that they want that kind of affirmation of their own worth. Yeah, so there is um, always, there are always efforts to kind of try and create a definitive list for, of what good social work looks like. Um, what a good social worker looks like but because it's a kind of human endeavor it's going to be different for each person and the what it what good looks like is different in each situation and each depending on what struggle the person's experiencing and what what needs they have what outcomes they're looking for so there are there are important lists so i'm really in favor of for example regulatory standards where you have um, standards that protect people that you know, absolutely public protection standards i'm in favor of 
producing kind of um, capability statements, ideas of what um, what sorts of things social workers need to be able to know and do, and what they need to um, uh, uh, what values they need to hold. Um, what I look for in those kind of um, descriptions, really, of social work or, so, or you know, social workers' um, approach to their professional work is is the the principle. You know, the social work needs to be free to be an art as well as a science. So you mm. want evidence-informed descriptions of what good looks like, the kinds of things that social workers um, need to be able to do, the principles that they work from, the ethics that they hold, the capabilities um, that they can apply to different sorts of situations. And that's that's kind of, in a way, formalising that sense of head, heart, hand and feet, isn't that? It's, mm. um, you know, so you know, the, the kind of the best holistic way I think of looking at what a good social worker is is to think okay what's our purpose what are our ethics um, and then how do we how do we apply those ethics into practice and that's the capabilities really but you know a capability like building a relationship we've got to be able to do that but we do that in a thousand different ways and mm. we use the evidence the science but we also bring art to it yes I am um, when I talk to social workers I say it's like we have um a tuning fork inside us and it's always slightly ringing and what we do is we we find the tune the other person's in the key the other person's in and we calibrate our response to them and so it's almost like a it's like a, a finely tuned dance isn't it or um a finely tuned piece of music that we do with each other because we're trying to make a connection between us and the other person that the other person finds helpful. And so, yes, and that, that is an art. It's yeah, the an other, art. The other thing you've just made me think of is, um, is that one of the wonderful things about great social work or becoming a great social worker is that it's, it's, a, it's never a completed thing, is that you're always oh. developing and learning and progressing. And one thing I can say with confidence is that if you stop developing, you're probably no longer doing the, the, the kind of social work that you could do. Um, or that you probably but, wanted to do, actually. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. That, that's a wonderful thing, isn't it, that you're always growing in it. Oh, it's a, it's the most fantastic job. Honest to goodness, it's such a, a, a privilege to be able to be helpful to people in times of difficulty and distress. And um, one of the things that I was thinking about when you were talking then was about how important it is to have – I've been thinking a lot lately about the windows we look through as practitioners and the fact that for me, because I am a white, middle-class, middle-aged woman, I will have a view, a window that I look my life through. And one of the things that I've tried to do with my social work team is to – recruit people bring people into my circle who have different windows for me to look through so that I can stand beside them and ask them to describe what they see and so for instance you know um the parent that we have working with us Annie you know she brings me to another window Mona Lisa who um you know is writing a page for us on LGBTQI++ she brings me to another window. So it's about, for me, one of the things about 
great social work is that you're not content with your own view. You're trying to find a way to look through other people's windows and to ask them to tell you what they see. Yeah. And we wanted to also talk a bit about some of the scaffolding that supports us as social workers. And actually what you've just said is the first piece, isn't it? It's the scaffolding that comes from social work itself, that being being engaged in something that matters, mm. having that strong purpose and having those ethics kind of are really inspiring in terms of motivating us and keeping us going and giving us something to anchor ourselves to as social workers. Absolutely. And that second piece of scaffolding is our own integrity. And I just think this is absolutely what we what we must hold on to above all else. And, and I tell you what, for me, these times, they, they are testing our integrity. Um, and integrity includes three concepts. It's trueness to self, soundness and completeness. When our values and ethics align to the purpose of social work and to our role, then we uphold our integrity. When we attend to the impact of our work on ourselves and we seek help, we uphold our integrity. And when we use our whole self in our work, our hand, heads, our hands, our heart and our feet, we uphold our integrity. Yeah, and that, that um, that's a really time to remind you of the kind of context that we're in is testing testing the scaffolding around us as well. So the, the next piece, which is um, about the people around us and the support around us is absolutely crucial. Um, colleagues that help us manage the impact of the world, relationships with peers, supervisors, managers, friends in social work, fellow social workers who can offer us kind of understanding and insight, advice, help, hope, other windows to look through. Yeah, and then we have the fourth piece of scaffolding, which is our allies. And I think it's really interesting. I've just been um, doing a piece of support work online with social workers this morning. And um, one of the things that they'd forgotten in all of the tremendous struggle they're going through at the moment is they'd forgotten to count their allies because social workers are not the only people trying to help people thrive. We can collaborate and make more impact with others. And this really starts with working with people who have lived experience of social work and social care because um, their wisdom and insight enriches our knowledge and experiences. They help us see and realise the possibilities in our work. I, I find that with Annie all the time. you know. But we also need help from allies in other agencies who are working to the same goals. And that's what we were talking about this morning was actually, yes, we have to try and keep these children safe as social workers during this COVID-19 but we are part of a team of people who are working to keep these children safe. And that team hasn't gone away. So we need to be pulling everybody in. And the other, the other ally um, is, is our personal allies, isn't it? It's the people in mm. our lives that get what we're doing and why we're doing it and kind of cheer us on. And yeah, that kind of behind every great social worker is some you know, mates, mm. family, friends. Mm. Um, hopefully people who kind of really endorse and encourage you and what you're doing. Absolutely. And the final bit of scaffolding is our collective action. And I think this once again, haven't we got an opportunity to step up? Every action we take to make the world better, however small, is a deliberate action of hope. Um, so an example is of everybody clapping last night. I don't know um, how it sounded in Devon, 
but in Cockermouth it was very, very loud. You and know, that was and... for the people who are currently out helping um, to manage the pandemic and you're on the front line supporting people. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And it was it was very uplifting, I think. And if we do this every day in our individual work, you know, it's it's a fantastic thing. And imagine how much more powerful it can be when we join up with others and act together. And there's many opportunities for us to do that at the moment. Mm. Um I think that's why it says some of the some of the little actions is is greater than each little part. Um, yeah. And then and then I guess the other thing I'd say is Jerry, we're we're um, talking from England, but I would like to on this um, final bit of scaffolding just remember all of our colleagues around the world because things look different in every part of the world at the moment, don't they? Um, yeah. yeah and social so, workers are doing amazing amazing things helping. Um, in all kinds of situations right across the globe. Yep. And there's still lots of work that social workers need to do around poverty, oppression and inequality, actually. Um, and by taking these on in whatever way, it makes social work more possible and it, it makes our efforts more rewarding. Yeah. So when we were thinking through that scaffolding, we were also thinking about um, maybe some, some kind of pointers for sustaining ourselves as social workers. So remember remember why you became a social worker because tapping back into that motivation um, and purpose can really help um, that recognition that that we need to look after ourselves too asking for help um, checking in with colleagues spending time with people who who sustain us and encourage us and help us to thrive and looking for allies and people who get social work and can join up with us and and share share the effort and then we wrote this before the uh, the pandemic but looking for the hopeful people in the society in the world and getting involved in what they're doing who are the people who are keeping um you know keeping the flame of hope going who are doing things that are helpful who are um, finding ways through being around them supporting them um learning from them it's really really sustaining as well Yes, and then we've got some reflective questions. Um, who do I admire as a social worker and why? And then the last question, and this is something I ask myself often, particularly when I feel over busy and a bit like I've lost my way, what kind of social worker would I want? Thanks very much, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry, And um, to everyone out there, stay well. Be yeah. safe. We're thinking of you. We are.